Welcome to Biblical Brainstorm, the Seth and Chandler podcast. As you can tell, we got a little bit of a different situation going on today. Yeah. Uh, the In schedules. Person. Yeah. The schedules worked out, so we finally get to do an episode together for the first time. Oh, so, yeah. Pretty cool. So we're streaming out of Gainesville instead of two different locations. So we're mm-hmm. all together. And we're finally getting to do an exclusive, yet again, episode. Last week we had Jacob. This week we're finally yeah, together for the first episode. Honestly, it was really good. Interview with Jacob. Was... I think it's probably been our best or most viewed episode viewed, yeah. so far. Yeah, I think so. so. It went really well. Hopefully you guys mm-hmm. liked it. I mean, judging by the numbers, I think they liked it. So Yeah, it was cool. We'll have to have more people on in the future. Yeah. So uh, today's episode, as you can probably tell, um, it's a little different because usually we're on Tuesday nights. Um, and also, it's a little different because we're usually not in person here. Right. Um, so the next two weeks are going to be kind of shorter episodes, more chill. Uh, this is my vacation week, which is why I'm in Florida seeing family and stuff. Uh, my wife graduated with her associate's degree, so shout out to that. Good job, Susie. Uh, yeah, and so I'm, you know, that's why I'm here in town. And so he was able to drive down from Jacksonville, able to do an episode in person, probably the first time. Well. Hopefully not the last time. Hopefully not the last. You know, but uh, yeah. I don't know when the next one will be, but hopefully soon. Yeah, so. and so, but I'm usually out in Dallas. You know, you're in Jacksonville, yeah. so and I'm the one wearing Cowboys gear, and you're yeah. the one in Dallas. So I tell you, you got to come out there. You got to move out there. Hey, <laughs> you got man. blue, so blue works. Oh yeah, this so. little light, you know, baby blue. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Today it won't be too, you know, too crazy. Um, we're gonna go through the Book of Jude. This is gonna be a first episode of the Bible series that we start. So um, it's not gonna be, you know, once we. You know, start it. It's not going to be continuous. We can have different types of episodes in between, and we'll cover different books at different times. But this, the first one is Jude, uh, and this will lead perfectly into our Apocrypha series. Yes. So today and next week, probably Tuesday, we'll cover the book of Jude, um, chapter one. So it'll be part one, part two. And then the following two weeks, or maybe three, it depends how, you know, how long it takes us to get through it, we're going to talk about the Apocrypha. Yes. Uh, for those of you who don't know who the you know what the apocrypha is, um, well, you'll learn a little <laughs> bit about it tonight. The apocrypha is the books that are not included in the Bible, right? And so I even have one Bible here. I believe it's a you know Catholic Bible, and it has it's called with apocrypha. Uh, so some of these, That's cool. yeah. And then we're going to talk about some of the books that are in this you know Bible and um, books that aren't in. This, you know, the Catholic Bible, but other Apocrypha, Old Testament Apocrypha, Intertestamental, you know, New Testament Apocrypha, all that. Mm -hmm. So if you've ever had the question, why are certain books included in the Bible and why are some not, that uh, that's what we're tackling the next, I guess, month or two. So, yeah, that'll be the, you know, I'm really excited for that. I've got a feeling it's probably going to end up being at least two parts just with the nature of what it is. Yeah. But I mean, it's still fun. I mean. If you don't really know much about what the Apocrypha is and you know that there's extra books of the Bible and maybe you've been told don't read them, don't pay attention to them, you don't have to ignore them. But we'll go over like why and why not and mm-hmm. what they are and that kind of stuff. And like not said, so. all Apocrypha are either, all Apocrypha are equal either. So there's right. yeah. and you'll see that today. So um, what's cool today is Jude. This is a perfect segue into that because Jude, the book of Jude, uh, right before Revelation quotes from apocryphal sources so it quotes from yes. other books that are not included in the bible uh the book of enoch which we'll cover a little bit today and also the assumption of moses which we don't have any textual or you know some textual evidence of which is you know a book so they had difficult yeah and we don't have today <laughs> so it's pretty interesting but 
you know, how are you, man? How's the, you know, how's life? Not too bad. Uh, you know, just working away. And yeah. you know, I got to, was able to hit the gym this morning. So still got remnants of a pump going on. So nice. <laughs> you're ready. But uh, yeah, had some protein, yeah. you know, had the, my aminos, BCAAs and all that. So, you know, feeling pretty good right now. Yeah, but. I'm excited for summer. <laughs> I finished finals finally. So, you, uh, you know, now I'm in a little, little bit of vacation mode. I'm here in Florida and uh, yeah. yeah. But it's cool that we get to do an in-person episode know. now, you know? It's like <laughs> This uh, is how we would would like it to be, but normally, you know, just, yeah. But just kind of with, you know, what's going on in life and stuff right now. You know, it's just we got to stream it in, but I mean, it's not like we're both in two different out states, of ordinary so. with things going on right now, so. <laughs> yeah. And also, um, just like normal, you guys can comment, you can like, you share all that stuff. I can always pull up comments as well. You know, we got one person, "Hello." Um, yeah, so they, you know, Little little symbols, yeah. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, I'll participate if you want. Um, but yeah, we're just it's gonna like I said, it's gonna be a more chill episode today. Yeah. Uh, usually, how our Bible series, um, you know, is gonna go is we'll read the the chapter or verses that we cover for this week, and then we'll just go over it afterwards. We'll dissect it, all that stuff. So um, Jude is a pretty short book, and since we're covering all of Jude, the next two weeks we'll just go ahead and read the whole thing. So yeah. I don't know if you want to take different parts. I'll just take the first ten verses, and then yeah. you can go from there. Yeah, so, uh, funny story. I actually, this is the first and only book of the Bible I've ever successfully memorized. Um, it's also probably the shortest. <laughs> yeah, which is why I started. It's a good with one it. to memorize. Yeah, um, I, I'm not as good now. I remember in 2016, I, I had it down to a T. Now, um, you know, I'll, I could I probably have. <laughs> You know the first ten verses, but I'm just gonna read it here. And shout out to uh, Chandler's dad, Sean. Uh, I for- remembered everything else, but forgot a Bible. So he's <laughs> you can't forget your sword. Thankfully, <laughs> thankfully he was uh, he was kind enough to lend me one of his. So yeah. So my family is here. So if you hear any you know external noise or people walking around, that's probably <laughs> my my family. You know, graciously allow you know just to use their home and stuff right. as I'm staying here. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, so let's jump in, Jude. Uh, a servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James. And well, quick pause, James, also a brother of Jesus, wrote the book of James. So he's a really important um, you know, figure as well. So uh, you know, Jesus Christ and brother James, to those who are called beloved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ, may mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Uh, that's such a good greeting. I mean, even yeah. everybody here and now, let peace be multiplied to you, especially in the hectic season. Just mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Yes. It's great. Shalom, you know. Uh, beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. So this will cover next week more. Yeah. So we'll kind of, we'll you know, yeah. skim over this part a little bit. Next week, you know, really you know, go over that whole contending for the faith deal. But um, just keep that in your mind, though. So um, contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain people have crept in unnoticed who long ago were designated for this condemnation. Ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only master and Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. Now, I want to remind you, although you once fully knew it, that Jesus who saved a people out of the land of Egypt... Afterward, destroyed those who did not believe. And the angels, who did not stay within their own position of authority, but left their proper dwelling, he has kept in eternal chains under gloomy darkness until the judgment of the great day. Just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities, which likewise indulged in sexual immorality and pursued unnatural desire, serve as an example by undergoing a punishment of eternal fire. 
Yet in like manner, these people also, relying on their dreams, defile the flesh, reject authority, and blaspheme the glorious ones. But when the archangel Michael, contending with the devil, was disputing about the body of Moses, he did not presume to pronounce a blasphemous judgment, but said, The Lord rebuke you. Uh, but these people blaspheme all that they do not understand, and they are destroyed by all that they like unreasoning animals understand instinctively. So that's the first 10, if you want to take the next 10, I guess. Yep. <clears throat> Woe to them, for they walked in the way of Cain and abandoned themselves for the sake of gain to Balaam's heir and perished in Korah's rebellion. These are hidden reefs at your love feasts, and they feast with you without fear. Shepherds feeding themselves, waterless clouds, swept along by winds, fruitless trees in late autumn, twice dead, uprooted. Wild waves of the sea casting up the foam of their own shame, wandering stars for whom the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved forever. It was also about these that Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment on all and to convict all the ungodly of their deeds of ungodliness that they have committed in such an ungodly way and of all the harsh things that ungodly sinners have spoken against them. I think they're ungodly. I, I wasn't sure. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> I wanted to emphasize that. So, so uh, verse 16, these are grumblers, malcontents, following their own sinful desires. They are loudmouth boasters, showing favoritism to gain an advantage. That's harsh. But, you yeah. know, that's a lot of people right there. <laughs> yeah. But you must remember, beloved, the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They said to you, in the last time there will be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. It is those who cause divisions, worldly people devoid of the spirit. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our God, Jesus Christ, that leads to eternal life. And have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. To others, show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. Wow. And then, yeah, the last little part here, the doxology. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. Wow, That's a good a, closing. Yeah, that is a really <laughs> good closing, to be honest. Yeah. So... Um, wow, there, there's so much packed into this. I don't even know how we're going to get to all of it in the next two weeks. But, right. <laughs> you know, um, we're the shortest gonna, book. It has so much in it. Yeah, it just references so much. It's just a little quick, like, bam, yeah. bam, bam. Uh, but we'll, you know, we'll try to dissect this a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Susie, nice, so nice to see you together. Yes, it's really cool. You know, we're, yeah, it's fun. You know, we're in one place. Yeah, so that's pretty. Maybe so we don't we'll, got to worry about signal issues this time. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So, so that's we only worry about that campus Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah, this Wi-Fi is actually good, so I'm not really worried about that. <laughs> Finally, so hopefully, you know, for our other episodes when I'm back in Texas, right. you know, we'll we'll be a pretty good footing. So yeah, um, so yeah, there's there's a book um, called the Book of Enoch, which is a, an apocryphal work, right? It's pre New Testament. It's after Daniel. So if you think Daniel when he lived in the you know, 5th, 6th century B.C. area, right? Mm-hmm. He's writing his book. A couple centuries later, you know, maybe not long after, you have the Jews, uh, the, these communities who are writing other books, right? The Book of Giants, the Book of Enoch, Judith, you know, all these, you know, stuff. First and second Maccabees in there. Yeah, first yeah. and second Maccabees, like, you know, some apocryphal works. I think there's that are, a third, isn't there, too? 
I think, yeah, third and fourth. Is it that many? Yeah. A lot <laughs> I of know first and second for some reason, but uh, I can't remember if there was three or four. Yeah. But I think three there's four. There might even be a fifth. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> they wrote a lot of them down. So, yeah, I mean, again, not all apocryphal works equal. And so, the, you know, what we're tackling here is why would the New Testament reference a book that's not the old, that's not Old Testament, right? Yeah. And talks about it as history. And so part of that is, you know, was it inspired by God? Was it not? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's, it, that's kind of a, you know, right. Debatable topic, right? Yeah. Um, but it is the, the Bible was known as the canon. And so we'll get into that too. Once we get into the inspiration of scripture, what the canon is like, you Star know, Wars how, fans know a lot about canon. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, exactly. What is in canon? What is not canon? And, uh, you know, I guess Star Wars is a good example. Yeah. You know, because it's like people wrote things in the book that mm-hmm. in books that aren't canon. Yeah. But then all of a sudden you have TV shows which right. reference, <laughs> like make it into yeah. canon, you know. So, I mean, if you've watched like the main Star Wars movies, you know, your episodes one through nine now. Mm-hmm. And there's been the TV shows on Cartoon Network, The Clone Wars, there's The Mandalorian on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. But there's also so many different books that have been written um, from the. Probably did they start in the '90s or was it earlier than that? I think there. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, yeah. So there's been comic books, actual novels written about backstories and Mm -hmm. side quests, even and different characters that aren't in the movies. Mm -hmm. And some of it they reference in the movies, some of it they don't. Um, That's where you know there's a lot of Star Wars fans are probably starting heated debates right now about what's and what's not. But (laughs) But either way, the cartoons are not at the same level of the movies, right? right like, yeah. even if you consider some of it canon or mm-hmm. whatnot, you know? Um, but it is it is an interesting topic. And my thing is, I think, and again, we'll have to get this to our inspiration episode. Mm-hmm. Inspiration is, you know, something being inspired by the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. right? You would, early church writers believe that their writings were inspired yeah. by God. And I'm sure that if anybody has done anything where you feel the inspiration of the spirit, right? Yeah. So that's, it's, it's, what's interesting is the early church treated it not as the only thing that the Bible is not as the only thing that the Holy Spirit was involved in because the Holy Spirit's involved in a lot of mm-hmm. aspects, you know, of life and, and, and writings and stuff, but it's the, the inerrant, or you could say, or the canon. What, yeah. you know, if you think of a canon, like a measuring rod. Mm-hmm. It's what everything else needs to be measured against. So if you're going to measure any other writings, you're going to measure any word, any any anything somebody does, any prophecy, whatever, it has to be measured by this, which is the measuring rod, is the canon, right? right. So it's kind of like, um, I guess, similar in some ways, like someone writing a book about theology right now, or like a devotional, or mm-hmm. a book on doctrine of some nature, like a. I won't use Joel Osteen, but <laughs> if, like if you have a, a favorite Bible teacher, or whatever, and they yeah. write a book that's based off of Scripture that takes principles from Scripture, and they talk about current events mm-hmm. or a ways to improve your prayer life or things like that, just because it's not actual Scripture doesn't mean we shouldn't read. It's not, it. yeah, it's yeah. not. And I, I'm a history major. I read a lot of history books, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how accurate is history? Well, I mean. That depends on how good the source material is. Yeah. But a lot of these things are just history. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, like even with the Apocrypha here that we'll cover in the Old Testament Apocrypha, things like Maccabees, right? Yeah. That it's just, it's history. And so mm-hmm. it's good to know, but is it the canon and what is it the measuring rod in which anything that we need to get theologically yeah. 
from God. And, you know, is that... It's not the mere Christianity. Yeah, it's, it's not something that this is... I'm going to measure everything else against, right? Yeah. So there, the canon, the Bible we have is unique in that regard where it's not just history. It's not just good things. It's not just, you know, inspired writings. But it's it's the canon in which everything else needs to be measured again there's a uniqueness of scripture in that regard right so kind of another way i kind of put it is like if you have a college class or even in your high school class you have your main textbook that everything is based off of mm -hmm. and you'll have supplementary reading where it's like you read this and it'll give you some more insight into that you read mm -hmm. this and it'll give you some extra insight into this week's lesson you know so it's like supplementary material to your bible study pretty exactly much. So and uh gives context and some people that might still be like a little uh leery of well I find it a little hard to reconcile the fact that there's a book in the Bible that quotes mm -hmm. a book outside the Bible and references that history and takes it as like history, right? Mm -hmm. Well, then you'll really have a problem with Paul who quotes a pagan Greek philosopher to right. make his point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll have to show you guys that in the when we get to the New Testament or the Old Testament Parker series. But, yeah. you know, people have cult – <laughs> it's not like the New – these New Testament writers are getting zapped one day and they're like, oh, yeah. and they're having some static experience and they're writing the book and then boom, yeah. you got the Bible. It's like, these are thinking people. These are people that read. They're taking yeah. their cultural knowledge, historical knowledge. They're being inspired by the Holy Spirit and they are writing texts mm -hmm. that are for the benefit of believers, right? Yeah. And so, so when they, like when they talk about being inspired, it's like you said, it's not that they go into some trance and they just write something and they don't know what they wrote. It's God uses the personality of the writing style and the knowledge of the person mm -hmm. that's writing it so mm -hmm. they can put their personality into it and reference exactly whatever it is they know to get the point across. So, And God picked those people, too. So yeah. he knows their shortcomings. He knows their writing styles. He knows their personalities. So he picks specific people knowing their knowledge and everything to write book, these books that would be later included in the canon, which is amazing. So yeah. with that, let's dive in. You can, um, I wanted to, to dissect one part. Let's, you know, I say he referenced it. Well, let's see. Um, he here, when it talks about what you were saying about, wow, they must've been ungodly. Yeah. You know, it was, it was also about these Enoch, the seventh from Adam prophesied saying, behold, the Lord comes with 10,000 of his holy ones to execute judgment on all. And it's like, where does he get that from? Where does Enoch ever say that? You look in the Old Testament, you don't see Enoch saying that. Right. Well, the book of Enoch, which again Enoch didn't write, this is just a you know what people believed, you know, passed out cultural knowledge of the Jews and saying, well, and they wrote this book of Enoch as apocalyptic literature, mm -hmm. and they uh, it here comes from chapter one, and I'll skip down and actually we'll just read the whole thing here. The holy the holy great one will come forth from his dwelling, and the eternal God will tread upon the earth even on Mount Sinai, and appear from his camp, and appear in the strength of his might, in the heaven of heavens. And all shall be smitten with fear, and the watchers shall quake, and great fear and trembling shall seize them unto the ends of the earth. And the high mountains shall be shaken, and the high hills shall be made low, and they shall melt like wax before the flame. And the earth shall be wholly rent and sunder, and all that is upon the earth shall perish. And there shall be judgment upon all men, but with the righteous, he will make peace and will protect his elect and mercy upon them. And they shall all belong to God and they shall be prospered. Uh, they shall be blessed and he will help them all and light uh, shall appear unto them and he will make peace with them. Okay. And so this is where he quotes now. And behold, he cometh with ten thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment upon all and to destroy all the ungodly and to convict all flesh 
of all the works of their ungodliness which they have ungodly committed, uh, and of all the harsh, hard things that which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. So this is straight out of Book of Enoch, chapter one. Jude is quoting and says, you know, hey, this is this is the judgment. This is the coming judgment. Um, Peter, I believe, the first second Peter also references this same thing. Yeah, I can I can always get it mixed up too. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to. Well, when we go through first and second Peter, yeah. we'll have to, you know, reference that as well. <clears throat> but I mean, straight there, he references, say, hey, there's a coming judgment. Yeah, and the Lord is coming to execute judgment on all, and you know, in the end times, the day of the Lord on all the ungodly. Right. Um, and you know, again, it's straight out of the book of Enoch. Is maybe even in this case, right? It's like, well, this is the canon. Mm-hmm. So this coming judgment, yes, that's scripture that that's happening. Is everything in the book of Enoch maybe true or inspired? Maybe not. Yeah. It's not in the canon. But that specific thing, yeah, which what was included in scripture in the canon, that was something that God wanted to be made known and saying, Hey, there is a coming judgment. Yeah. You know, and all the ungodly will be convicted. You know? If anything, I was going to say of all the Apocrypha, Enoch is probably the one that is closest to making it to canon. Mm-hmm. Still misses it, but it's like it's the closest to being, mm-hmm. you know, considered a book of the Bible. And I think it was one that they kind of argued over for a while. They did argue. And the uh, Ethiopian church, I believe, uh, included it in their canon. <laughs> so there <laughs> I mean, were some churches yeah. in the early church that did consider it canon. So like, like when these other people quote it and everything, it's, you know, don't think that the Bible now doesn't matter and it, that negates the Bible's authority or whatever. It's just, you know, they're quoting a book to get the point across. Obviously the book of Enoch is accurate in some respect, like in that, you know, God is going to execute judgment in the last days. So mm-hmm. that's not something you have to worry about, but you know, there's other finer details in there. They don't, I don't think anyone quotes too much from the book of Enoch. Yeah. But there's certain storylines and parallels and stuff that they draw you know, from the book and stuff that the book talks about, it's still mm-hmm. worth knowing. So, and it's good. Uh, it's a good way to interpret things. Yeah, it shows what they were thinking because this was yeah. some, this was a book that was prominent in ancient Israel's thinking, like mm-hmm. Jews of that day. You know, that was prominent. In yeah, second temple Jews. Reading. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not bad. You know, you don't you don't have to be afraid of it. I know ancient aliens had an episode recently called the Forbidden Book of the Bible, and it was about the Book of Enoch. It's like. <laughs> It's not, it's not forbidden. It's not really forbidden. I mean, we have one right here. You have it. <laughs> yeah. yeah like you can read it. It's not really that forbidden, but I mean, okay. People <laughs> they, know about it. And of course they spin it as the book of Enoch means aliens are real. So I don't, that's just, that's a stretch, but still. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it's for interpretation. So let's just say you come to an old Testament passage and you think, wow, that's really difficult to understand. Right. Uh, what does it mean? There's two possible interpretations. Well, you read Second Temple Jewish literature. What were the Jews actually thinking about these passages in what way? Um, and it kind of gives you a perspective to say, well, yes, they are one way or the other. This is what it actually means. Uh, and that's a perfect segue to the the next quotation from the Book of Enoch. So if you wanted to read that part, which let me go down right here. Yeah, so this is in the beginning of what we read. Um, now I want to remind you, although you fully knew that Jesus who saved the people out of the land of Egypt afterward destroyed those who did not believe and the angels who did not stay within their own position of authority, but left their proper dwelling. He has kept in eternal chains under gloomy darkness until the judgment of the great day. So the judgment we already referenced and all of a sudden you have these angels leaving the proper dwelling and sinning. Where did you get that idea? 
And it says, just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities, which likewise indulged in sexual immorality and pursued unnatural desire, serve as an example by undergoing the punishment of eternal fire. So whatever this sin, these angels who fell from their dwelling, proper dwelling, had to do in likewise manner something to do with sexual morality is is that sin right yeah. just as sodom and gomorrah which likewise indulged in sexual immorality so what is this so we'll read from the book of of enoch it's here reflective so you can't read it but this is this is our copy of the book of enoch mm -hmm. and you can buy them um on amazon wherever you know it's it's not as forbidden as some may think yeah. again it's not <laughs> but, scripture and we'll you yeah. know there's a lot of problems with it uh they quote from it's not written by enoch first of all and it quotes a lot from daniel um, but again, this is just second temple Jewish literature, which gives you perspective on what they yeah. were thinking at the time and how to interpret scripture. Yeah. So this comes from, um, technically first Enoch chapter six, verse one. And, uh, here we go. And it came to pass when the children of men had multiplied that in those days were born unto them, beautiful and comely daughters. So next time you're trying to ask out a girl, tell her you look very comely today. And the angels <laughs> and the angels, the children of the heaven saw and lusted after them so though the angels that were in heaven came to earth didn't keep their first estate that's the reference one of the references mm -hmm. the angels the children of the heaven saw and lusted after them and said to one another come let us choose us wives from among the children of men and begat us children and um how do you think we say that name simhaza <laughs> The oh yes yeah some jaws is out of the sun yeah in English it looks names. like some jaws but <laughs> some of these names yeah. man so we'll go with that some jaws who was their leader said unto them I fear you will not indeed agree to do this deed and I alone shall have to pay for the penalty of a great sin and they all answered him and said let us all swear an oath and bind ourselves by mutual imprecations not to abandon this plan but to do this thing let's do this thing. Yeah. <laughs> then swear. Yeah. Then swear they all together and bound themselves by mutual imprecations upon it. And they were in all two hundred who descended in the days of Jared on the summit of Mount Hermon, and they called it Mount Hermon because they had sworn and bound themselves by mutual imprecations upon it. And now we'll skip down to chapter seven, verse one. And all the other and all the others together with them took unto themselves wives. And each chose for himself one, and they began to go in unto them and defile themselves with them. And they taught them charms and enchantments and the cutting of roots and made them acquainted with plants. And they became pregnant and they bare great giants whose height was 3,000 eels or elves, <clears throat> who consumed all the acquisitions of men. And when men could no longer sustain them, the giants turned against them and devoured mankind. And they began to sin against birds and beasts and reptiles and fish and to devour one another's flesh and drink the blood. Then the earth laid accusation against the lawless, one, lawless ones. All right. So, and so you think, well, where in the heck is that? And <laughs> like I said, we'll touch more on it later. But I mean, yeah. So. And when we go through Genesis series, we'll cover it in more detail. But I just as a point of reference, well, what are they referencing? What is even yeah. Enoch referencing? And it's talking about this. It says, when man began to multiply in the face of the, the land, and this is Genesis 6, where right. Uh, and daughters were born to them, the sons of God, which, again, the angels in reference here in both Jude and the book of Enoch. Sons of God saw that the daughters of man were attractive, and they took as wives 
uh, as their wives any they chose. And the Lord said, my, my spirit shall not abide in man forever, for he is flesh. His days shall be 120 years. The Nephilim, which, again, the King James also translates giants, which also they talk about, you know, but Enoch mm-hmm. translates giants. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days and also afterwards. When the sons of God came into the daughters of man and they bore children to them, these were the mighty men who are of old, the men of renown. And the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord regretted that he had made uh, man on the earth and it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, uh, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens. For I am sorry that I have made them, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And so, yeah, uh, um, even just skipping down here, it says, as a result of that, which you also see as a result of that with violence and the blood and, right. and, and killing, and it says the same thing. So the, now the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with violence. And God saw that the earth, behold, it was corrupt for all flesh, was corrupted their way on the earth. So you see this kind of progression of just mm. uh, this sin, right, uh, of the these angels, right, these sons of God who have sinned. Mm spiral humanity into a much worse tradition um, yeah. or a much worse situation, yeah. right? So they, they call it, uh, Second Temple Jews called it the three falls. So we tend to think as, you know, modern Protestant thinkers that Genesis 3 was the fall. Yeah. It's like, well, that was right. But there's also three falls. Like, mm-hmm. they, there's that fall, yeah. Genesis 3, which made humanity, which made things on the earth pretty bad. That brought sin into the equation. Yeah. That is the biggest thing. Yeah, disobedience against God, man against God, right? You know, Satan, mm-hmm. all that deal. Then you have Genesis 6, where then you have the angels fall. Right. And, <laughs> and I think corrupt I know, mankind. I don't more. know if this was in the book of Enoch or if it was in another book, but um, there was a passage somewhere where it talked about the angels saw what was going on on earth, saw how humans were behaving, mm-hmm. and they kind of begged God. They're like, let us go down there. Let us teach them. Let's straighten them out. Um we give us permission to go down and kind of teach them holiness and how to behave and made things worse. Yeah. So he's God, <laughs> in a way God reluctantly said yes, according to the story. And they went down and then they, because they went from being angels to being human, they were in a way demigods. So they were, you know, part angelic, part human. And with the human nature came the sinful nature. And then they're like, Oh wait, we know all this stuff and we can do all these bad things now that we've, never yeah. we could do before so after that you know it talked about the let me see the it said here uh uh let's see and they taught them charms and enchantments oh, and yeah, cutting the, of roots and all that mm. so it's like that's pretty much saying they taught them how to use drugs how to burn you know yeah increase for sin sinful yeah. things mm-hmm. you know they were obviously killers you know mm-hmm. they would just you know they talked about all the sin that they committed and you know, all and they just did all kinds of stuff because they had, you know, they in a way heavenly it. knowledge and they knew how to do things that humans at the time didn't necessarily know how to do or wouldn't have thought of. Yeah. So that would lead into the second fall, which is, yeah. You know, and then the third fall being the tower of Babel, which you all know in Genesis 11. So, and we'll hit these, all these things in more detail in Genesis 11. I mean, in our Genesis series as well. And, you, you might think, wow, this is all weird. I don't think I believe in all that. And, that you know, that's okay. I, like, we will touch the different theories and stuff. We'll touch mm-hmm. how you kind of reconcile it, how that um, also 
kind of yeah. connects to human anthropology, to the science, to you know natural history, to yeah. to other histories. Because we're not uh, just making this up. There's other people that have a lot yeah, of yeah. academic material that can hash this out mm -hmm. very clearly. So. And so, and just how it fits in the Bible, how it fits every. But just yeah. as a point of reference, Jude is the one writing this, believing that this event in Genesis six happened in the way it says it happened, as interpreted also by the Book of Enoch, which saying, "Hey, these angels, just like Sodom and Gomorrah, indulged in sexual morality." They pursued a natural desire. They left their proper dwelling. And as a result, they received judgment. Okay. And so you have these sons of God, these fallen angels, all that stuff. They are, yeah, they, they pursued a natural desire, sexual morality. And likewise, they were punished and yeah. received judgment, just like a Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, and well, I think a lot of Jews, not just in second temple period, but even in, you know, Jesus's day and afterwards, mm -hmm. they would consider... Um, a, a lot of us now would probably consider the fall being the start of evil and humanity being evil mm -hmm. and sinful and all that. I think, isn't it true that they really would consider, you know, the fallen angels, the source mm -hmm. of all that? Cause they that's, technically that's some of it, yeah, like it, how to be evil. Well, like, like I said, the three falls and it reminds yeah. me of what Billy Graham once said about, you know, his opinion on technology and like we're, we're the sense of progress, like humanity is making this progress and we're, we're striving towards it. And he's like, well, the problem is man's heart is still evil. Yeah. And so if you give, you know, back then, uh, it, if you, if man's heart was evil and you wanted to kill somebody, well, we have an arrow and you, you kill one at a time. Yeah. But now we have arrows that just, you know, get dropped and destroy whole populations. Right. Yeah. Called a nuclear bomb. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah. like we have a little bit different arrows nowadays because yeah. technology has allowed us to be more destructive and and worse in human you know mankind in that way so the worst or the first murder recorded in the bible was can you, you yeah. probably used a rock or did it say you used a rock or i don't think it's kind of assumed i can go back and look but yeah i, I mean assumed <laughs> it like he either he stoned him have, or struck him he yeah. said he struck him so it could have been with his fist could have been with a rock if it said but yeah. Yeah, if there's when there's a sin, there's a way. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the point. Or and, when there's a sinful desire, there's mm -hmm. a way. <laughs> and so in this case, if you're believing this with the book, you know, um, Genesis six, book of Enoch, Jude, what they're referencing is saying, hey, if these um, fallen angels who are leaving their proper dwelling place, teaching man how to be more destructive, here's drugs, here's how to make weaponry, here's like more ways that you can, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. give advantage to each, you know, to one another. Well, that's going to cause more bloodshed as well, more destruction. And so you see that afterwards, both in this and in Genesis 6 that I read, is after all that taking place with the giants and the Nephilim, all that stuff, and, and the teaching of technology or, or whatever, mm -hmm. um, you have this situation where it says that violence is increased on the earth. Yeah. Um, and that's not good. Yeah. You know? And so we see that situation all the way to now, and the ancient world was brutal, yeah. was really brutal, and there was a lot of bloodshed as well. Mm -hmm. And so... Yeah. Um, so like we said, we'll dive more deeper into this stuff in future mm -hmm. episodes. So if you guys, if your heads are spinning and you don't know what to make of all this, mm -hmm. you know, don't don't worry. We're just weapon wetting your appetite. Yeah, just giving <laughs> uh, bite sized things and, and yeah. how we hash it out. And just just for the sake of this, Jude is thinking of a specific interpretation and trajectory of Genesis six, Book of Enoch, and he's he's saying he's making a connection, saying, mm -hmm. "Hey, fallen angels who indulge in sexual morality." and the judgment of the great day where he will execute judgment on the ungodly. So he's pulling from two quotations from the book of Enoch, right? Mm -hmm. 
And so, and he's hashing that out. But also, even though we, we this is probably the weirdest, or not, not the weirdest. <laughs> we have another episode in the future, which will be yeah. the weirdest episode we will ever talk no about. No matter what, it's going to be the weirdest. <laughs> yeah. Going through 1 Corinthians 11 will be the weirdest. It'll, this, we, we've said it before, but this really will blow your mind. Yeah. Um, but this would be probably the second weirdest thing we talk about in Scripture, which is the whole... Giants and and Book of Enoch and and at Genesis yeah. six. This is definitely the second weirdest thing we'll ever talk about in podcast. And we're it gets out, weirder. Episode eight like, though out the gate. So you know if the, you know if this turns you off from it, just just wait. We're going through other stuff too. But this is probably the second weirdest thing we'll ever talk about on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, but I I also think it's good because I don't think we should be hiding people from their rivals. Yeah. I mean that's the point of this too. Yeah. It's if anything, it's worse to keep it keep people away from this and mm-hmm. not tell like just act like it's forbidden act like you can't touch it exactly and you're like wait a minute this kind of makes sense what's going on here Mm -hmm. and in a lot of cases that i think that would drive people away and be Mm -hmm. like well just forget it i'm not going to believe any of it yeah so it's important to know this stuff because it gives context mm -hmm. and it's just history in general if anything it's entertaining (laughs) it is it's good history it's historical novels if anything and honestly like i think that's a good point too because you know, a lot of people. You're going to find out some things one way or another. Are you going to? Are you going to find information? is much more readily available. <laughs> yeah. Is either you're going to see it from a skeptic that's trying to poke at Christianity and say, mm-hmm. "Oh, did you know that this forbidden, like ancient aliens yeah. thing, is this the forbidden book of the Bible? Did you know this yeah. is what the re- it really means?" And people have been protected so much from passages of the scripture that they just don't touch. Yeah. And it's like the point of biblical brainstorm is. We're going to, you know, no subject is going to be untouched, no st- stone left unturned. As you you'll know, see in the episode we referenced. <laughs> as, yeah, as controversial as things may be, yeah, we're taking the entirety of the Bible and dissecting it one by one, especially with these Bible chapter series Because it's like our theme verse, I guess, technically. It's on our Facebook cover page, the mm-hmm. Second Timothy. It's, you know, study to show yourself approved. And not yeah. only that, but the, um, uh, what is it, the... Um, and Peter, being prepared to give a defense, for yeah, the, for the, yeah, the, for the uh, hope that is within Peter, you. Yeah. So um, it's important to do this stuff. Like it's, I mean, if you really are a Bible believing Christian, and at some point you're going to have to really, you know, move from milk to yeah. meat, as Paul said, mm-hmm. and you got to really, you know, dig into this wrestle stuff. with stuff and brainstorm yeah. as we're doing. So it's like, well, this stuff is really weird. What does it mean? Mm-hmm. And is it real? And all that stuff. Well, the you know. Even from an external view, we'll touch on when we go through Genesis, but just from an internal view, Jude believes this. Mm-hmm. And so we're just saying what he is referencing in the terms of, of his point. So he's saying he's drawing from two different sources to make a point. And his point is, hey, yeah. contend for the faith. Why? Because you shouldn't indulge in sexual morality mm-hmm. because, hey, reference, mm-hmm. angels did it. It didn't work out for them. And there's a judgment coming for all the ungodly. Yeah. So even if he doesn't take, even if Jude himself doesn't take the whole book of Enoch as is scripture in a way yeah or as material his point is hey don't indulge in sexual morality why because genesis 6 because mm-hmm. of of angels indulging in sexual morality and didn't work you also know also sodom and gomorrah in sodom and gomorrah yeah. in like wise manner right and so that i mean if it, anything it's like us quoting movie lines or something now i mean it's not that the movie is wrong <laughs> or bad yeah. it's just we're using it a common um source that people would understand to get mm-hmm. a, get and the cultural knowledge yeah just so, like Paul speaking to Greeks, quoting a Greek philosopher that, mm-hmm. you know, again, we'll have to pull that up later and talk about. Well, speaking of weird, uh, this, you know, Song of Songs may be weird. Very. <laughs> Actually, you know what? 
That we'll have to at some point when we go through that book, that will be pretty we're interesting too. We're gonna have to do a book on we're gonna have to do an episode on that one. That <laughs> yeah, that one a couple episodes even. <laughs> song of songs can be really weird. Um yeah. so maybe it's maybe the weird of weird. I still think that this is probably the second weirdest thing that we'll cover just because that might be third. That might be we'll third weirdest. Song of Songs will be the third weirdest thing we ever cover in this podcast. Because <laughs> uh, there's some stuff in there. <laughs> yeah. Some stuff. But, yeah, I mean, this is really weird. We're talking about giants, ain't fallen angels. We're talking about, you know, sexual morality, that, mm. you know, judgment of the last day. There's there's just so much in here, though. I mean, just Jesus who saved the people out of the land of Egypt afterwards destroyed those who did not believe. Mm. I mean, this is why we need to contend for the faith and not be complacent. Yeah. I mean, you talk about Jesus had the exodus. And also, interesting point, he identifies the angel of the Lord that led him out as Jesus, which covered, goes back to my second episode talking about Jesus in the Old Testament. So Check it out. Yeah, check that out. <laughs> so Jesus, the one who led people out of Egypt, the angel of the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. Afterward, guess what? They were grumbling, complaining, and he says this at the end. Who are the ungodly? They are, um, what does it say this? In the last time, there'll be scoffers following their ungodly passions. Um, I thought I, oh, yeah, here it is. Grumblers and malcontents following their own sinful desires. They are loudmouthed boasters showing favoritism and gaining advantage. There it is. So grumblers and malcontents. What did the people of Israel do after the exodus? Well, I think there were grumblers and they were malcontent, you know. Um. They complained a lot. <laughs> Moses! A lot. We're getting sick of the manna. Well, here's some birds. We don't like birds. <laughs> Quail, to be specific. We'd but. rather be back in Egypt. Yeah. It's like, dude, come on. like, And, and yeah. got, eventually Stockholm it's like... Stockholm Syndrome, if I've ever seen it. <laughs> oh, for real. And, hey... Jesus. And if, we probably will cover this later, but if you ever wondered why they decided to worship a calf, there's a reason for that. Oh, so, yeah, that's well, true, too. It's very interesting, and it has to do with Egypt. Yes. Damn. And, uh, yeah, that, especially we're going to go through Exodus eventually as well, which will be awesome. Oh, yeah, Exodus. Um, but, I mean, you just think, grumblers, malcontents. And I love this whole book because this whole book is just like a wake-up call to Christians. Like, mm-hmm. this is to you. Like, yeah. anybody listening, if you're a Christian, if you're not, you know, say you're a skeptic watching this, like, we have other episodes that are covering, you know, other things and specific to that, right? But if you're listening to the podcast, knowing, hey, I'm a believer, this is to you. Contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints, right? Mm-hmm. Stay, you know, Jesus who saved people out of the land of Egypt afterwards destroyed those who did not believe. Yeah. Like, you just imagine being at the Exodus and you saw that miracle and then you're a grumbler, malcontent, like it says here, mm-hmm. and you didn't believe in God, like, you know, the faithfulness of God, and you just said, hey, I would rather be back in Egypt. They didn't enter the promised land. Yeah. The, that generation. They had to wait an entire generation before they could, the ones that made it. Yeah. So it's so important to be faithful. Yeah. Um, you know, I, you know, we'll talk about this is, you know, in, in a, in a reference to salvation issue, you know, this is the one, you know, this is the one say to all saved and not, you know, we'll get into those theological things, yeah. but regardless of salvation, right. We're talking about just as a believer, do not be in this category. Do not be a, grumble or a malcontent saying hey i'd rather be back in egypt kind of thing contend for the faith fight for the faith one for and for all delivered to the saints um do you have anything on that i mean it's funny enough i was thinking about it on the way here 
my first sermon, I'm pretty sure 99.9% .9 sure that it, my first sermon that I preached for regular adult service, it wasn't for youth or anything. It was Sunday morning, prime time, mm. you know, <laughs> um, the first sermon I preached was on Jude. And so I did talk about um, some of this stuff and it was probably two, maybe three years ago now. So it's been a while. I don't remember wow. everything yeah. I talked about. Um, I've preached on Sunday mornings a couple times since then. Um, and I've, you know, I've taught on other days and done other things like this. So I have a lot of notes, but, <laughs> um, I remember talking about, you know, just the whole contending for the faith thing being a big deal. You know, the, it's just one of those things that you got to always remember. It's going to be kind of like Paul said, you got to really, in a way, beat your body into submission when you're an athlete yeah. in the same way you got to do the same thing as Show a yourself approved as an yeah. approved worker. Timothy goes back to our verse. Yeah. So it's, you know, the contending for the faith thing is definitely important, especially now with, you know, the direction the culture is going and how it just is right now as we speak and just Christians <laughs> just are not very well liked <laughs> right yeah. now. But um, I mean, but I think it's also you know, with the pandemic and everything that's going on, even though things are kind of slowly getting back to normal, um, it's just really changed the dynamics of church, Christianity, mm -hmm. um, and just the church community, Christian community in general. And like he's saying, it's important to keep contending. Yeah. So it's a wake up call when I read this, like every time I'm like, Oh Lord, because of all the reasons why he says it's important to contend. Yeah. You know, and, and every time I'm tempted to just, cause you know, there's two spectrums, right? There's conservative Christianity and there's woke Christianity. And we at this podcast, you know, it's going to be controversial because we're somewhere in the middle, probably. we will bash both sides. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a lot of things that we will say that will offend conservative Christians and will offend woke Christians. And this is one of those things that, especially when we get to Genesis, will probably offend some conservative Christians. But when we get here in Jude, we Would will you consider us woke conservative. Woke conservative. <laughs> I don't know, but Jude was definitely, and this is going to offend the woke crowd a little, uh, you know, Christian crowd a little bit because there's there's a temptation to make Christianity palatable mm -hmm. or or you know to the senses, right? To, to yeah. people to not offend anybody, right? Um, and it's just like, he's contending for the faith. Why contend for the faith? Because people have crept in, mm -hmm. into the faith who were, you know, included in this condemnation. They're ungodly people, mm -hmm. right? Ungodly people who pervert, who pervert the grace of God. Like the yeah. grace of God is so amazing. P people pervert the grace of God into sensuality. So it's kind of like what Paul talked about in Romans, where he's mm -hmm. like, so now that we have grace, do we just keep doing whatever we want? As, yeah, and by no it? means. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, the word he, like the wording he used, like he said, by no, be, by no means. But that's like saying, of course not. You know, In the Greek, definitely there, yeah. don't do that. But <laughs> No, just no. <laughs> yes, no. And period. I mean, that's, but people do that. I've seen, it's like, is, is this a license to sin? No. Yeah. Like the grace of God and people are t perverting it mm -hmm. nowadays in today's culture. And there's there's books on, on that, like hyper grace, like this yeah. this hyper grace. And people they just say it's like it's all about love. You got to love, and it's yeah. grace and love. And it's like, yeah, but there's they're perverting more to it the that. grace of God into sensuality. And yet at the same time, they're denying our Master and Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. I mean, that's an antichrist thing yeah. right there. Now I want to remind you, and he goes into that the Jesus saying to people in Egypt, you know the you know the whole 
Uh, angels who did not stay in their position of authority, which we talked about and quoted. Uh, he has kept an eternal day change under gloomy darkness until the judgment of the great day, which we also referenced, mm -hmm. just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities, which likewise indulged in sexual immorality and pursued a natural desire, mm -hmm. serve as an example by undergoing punishment of eternal fire. Again, this is going to offend a lot of people. You know, the woke up. But if you, and, and I've seen this in Christians too. I mean, you've probably seen it too, where people talk about Sodom and Gomorrah. And there's one other verse referencing Sodom and Gomorrah in the New Testament, um, which talks about how they were gluttons mm -hmm. and they were, um, or no, it was in, in the Old Testament referencing, I think, was it Ezekiel or something? I'll have to go find it. But people use this verse in quotations because if you know the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, they were, I mean, for crying out loud, the angels came and they're trying to sleep with the angels in, yeah. in a um, non-hetero way, right. <laughs> right? Because you have men who are wanting to sleep with these male appearance angels and molest them. They right? were willing to bust down the dude's door, ignoring his daughters because they wanted the yeah. angels. Like Lot was even, <laughs> I mean, still Lot's got a little bit of blame here because he was mm -hmm. like, here, take my daughters instead. He was like, why? But <laughs> yeah, a lot a is not in a great situation. Yeah, but, but they're like, we don't want your daughters. We want the men. And like, there's mm -hmm. another, and they're struck with blindness. Yeah, and there's another story about like what they would do, you know, mm -hmm. by you know traditionally inside of Gomorrah, and they had like a spot in the city square where they would do these acts with visitors or yeah. townspeople orgies, and it was kind things, of just yeah. like a. This is not a PG thing. episode, yeah. but we're. I mean. I don't want to get too graphic here, but yeah, so it was bad. Sodomy, bad. sodomy was like if you ever heard the term sodomy, like Israelites and like in mm -hmm. the ancient world, they used the term sodomy to refer to. Yeah, I don't know. It's, <laughs> I know this is online. Yeah. To um, not the right hole. We'll, we'll put it that way. Yeah, we'll put it that way. <laughs> but I mean, again, this goes. And I know this offends the woke crowd and the LGBT thing, but th this is. Again, we can't leave any stone unturned. And so we'll bash both sides of the spectrum, conservative and woke Christianity. But Jude just clearly says mm -hmm. that in like manner, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah, which pursued uh, a natural desire. You mm -hmm. know, this was outside of God's plan for sexuality. They pursued it, sexual morality and pursued a natural desire. And, you know, I've, like, like I said, you know, a lot of people will quote the other verse about Sodom and Gomorrah, and it's like, oh, the real sin of Sodom and Gomorrah wasn't sexual morality. It was that they were prideful, boastful, gluttonous. Because there's a verse that talks about yeah. Sodom and Gomorrah being that, that they were boastful, they were prideful, they were, they were gluttonous. It included that. Yeah, that it included the that. the main thing. But if you read Jude, you can't exclude this part. They, mm. they were judged also because of this sexual morality and unnatural desire that they pursued mm -hmm. so this cannot be ignored like that a lot of people christians will skip over this part but as you read yeah. jude sodom and Gomorrah was judged just like the angels who we referenced who came down left their proper dwelling and slept with the women they pursued unnatural desire outside of their place outside of the plan that god had for them mm -hmm. and indulged in sexual morality so yeah. in the same way this is a wake-up call to us christians to contend for the true faith mm -hmm. which abstains from sexual morality and the pursuing of unnatural desire and unnatural sexuality, which is yeah. outside of God's plan of marriage, which he again, put in Genesis with one man, one man and one woman. So again, that's a very tough topic. Yeah. And, and a lot of people use the whole, well, I was born this way. You know, mm -hmm. I was, you know, this is just how I am. 
Um, there's people that's that why you got to be born again. Yeah, there's scientific. Yeah, I they, can agree. They say there's scientific evidence that you would prefer this over that, but I mean, you know, I can born. agree with them. Yeah, I can agree, but we're, you have to be born again. Yeah, that's the thing. So you I mean, we'll, we, we'll way, probably have to do a, a full episode on on that on sexual morality or it's anything. No, you know, it's no different than denying any other fleshly desire. Yeah, adultery. It's, it's, a, it's something you got to work on. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Yeah, but just just as a means of referencing Jude here, we are talking about hey, just like the angels sinned in Sodom and Gomorrah, do not indulge in this, right? Right. Um. So. They defile the flesh, rely on dreams. And then this part, which is the last thing I'll reference. But when the archangel Michael contending with the devil is disputing about the body of Moses, he did not presume to pronounce a blasphemous judgment, but said, the Lord rebuke you. But these people blaspheme all that they do not understand. And they So here's a third reference. So two references from the Book of Enoch. One reference, you're like, where in the world is that story? <laughs> yeah. It's not in the Book of Enoch. It's not in the Old Testament. Where is this whole thing with... Mike, the archangel, uh, you know, can Mike contending with yeah. the devil about the body of Moses. Because if you read Numbers, we don't know where Moses' body was buried, it says. Yeah. And he was buried somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. And, he, and he died and he was buried, right? Um, he's quoting from a book called The Assumption of Moses, which is a first century Jewish apocryphal work, which we don't have record of right now. Like, we, we yeah. can't read it, which is very interesting. <laughs> yeah. People have quoted from it. And, so how do they know that's where it's from? Well, Saint Jerome and other you know people they they reference it and talk about it as a as a book, like in footnotes. Yeah. Well, okay. say say that there was a book with the Assumption of Moses, and yeah, this is where Jews quoting from. So we have okay. early early writers referencing the book of the Assumption of Moses. And for those who don't know, Saint Jerome was the one that translated. Um, is it, what was it? The Greek text or the Hebrew text or both? Uh, the Latin Vulgate. Yeah, yeah. And, so he, you know, he's he made the one that translated you know, the Bible into Latin. Latin. And so I think that's... it's from him. It could be also from. I need to get the. Let me see if I can, if I have the reference. I pulled it up here. Um, it was one of the early church fathers. I believe it was. Um, I believe it was him. But you can still buy. What's cool is you can buy. Um, still buy Vulgates of Saint Jerome's mm-hmm. uh, translation as like collector's edition things. Um, of course we have so many different translations now, but the way that he translated it in the Latin and everything, you can, you know, get it where it's one half in the Latin, the other half in English or all Latin or whatever, but, um, Oh, origin, my bad. So origin, I don't think okay. it's origin in the third century. I knew it was one of them. Uh, gotcha. Jerome was the one who did the Latin Vulgate translated, but origin is the one who referenced the assumption of Moses. Gotcha. Okay. So one of the early church fathers. Yeah. Interesting, but do you think we lost it in the Library of Alexandria? Man, could be. What? Or was it more of like an oral tradition thing? Because there's a lot of that. Yeah, I don't know. Um, But it's just one of those things where it's interesting, lost to history type of things. Like the Book of uh, the Assumption of Moses, lost to history, which would have been nice to have. But But, I mean, we still got a lot of scrolls and manuscripts and stuff from Qumran that we haven't even decoded yet or got to yet. So we might find it. Yeah, as, yeah. As, as we speak, there's still stuff we haven't got to. Yeah, so. that is true. So it is interesting. But uh, I'm sure there's, you know, again, you could piece together. This is where the discipline of textual criticism comes in. And all that. Yeah. So you see two quotations from the Book of Enoch, one from the Assumption of Moses. So Jude is definitely pulling from a lot of source material here. And, of course, the Old Testament, which you see a lot of with Egypt and Sodom and Gomorrah and, and all these references in here. 
Um, does anything else stand out to you, like as we're going through this kind of piece by piece? And we'll cover more next week as well. But you know. um, mostly, that's the you know the the Book of Enoch things are the ones that really stood out to me because that was a big deal when I found mm -hmm. out that that's you know what he was referencing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know we've already covered that. We'll cover that more later. But the uh, for me, that that's the biggest part of Jude that I always think about in the doxology at the end. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll get to that. It's very very cool. What do you, what do you think of Cain? So it says right here, but these people blaspheme. So right after that, mm. all that they do not understand, and they are destroyed by all that they like unreasoning animals understand instinctively. I mean, that's a bash right there. So yeah. You just you have no, you know, logic. Right? Animal. Uh, woe to them, for they walked in the way of Cain. That's a very interesting comparison. These ungodly saying the, yeah. comparing the ungodly to Cain. What what was Cain's problem? It's like he murdered his brother. He was envious. Right. Yeah. And he, you know, I, I think we talked about it when we talked about the mark of Cain. I could be wrong, mm -hmm. but, or maybe it was just in conversation before, but when God was talking to Cain and pronouncing his judgment, you know, Cain could have said, man, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Is there a way that I could fix this? Can you forgive me? Yeah. Instead of saying that, he's like, man, I can't bear all this. What should I do? Yeah. And it was just all I. inward centered. Yeah. Also shout out to our fourth episode. So if you want to check out a fourth What's episode, fourth? we we did talk about uh, Cain, mm -hmm. uh, the mark of Cain, and all that. So that's interesting. There you go. Um, yeah. yeah, it's 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 one of those things where it's probably you know to me it sounds like um, I think when, when, when comparing them to Cain, it's kind of like um, I guess selfishness, mm -hmm. sinfulness, um, but more of like an inwardly focused type mm -hmm. thing. That's, you know, that's the first thing that pops out to me when he talks about it. So what do, yeah. you, what do you think? I think that especially this whole letter, right? It's contend for the faith and because ungodly people have crept in the church. Yeah. And he, then he describes the ungodly as people who indulge in sexual immorality, people who are blasphemous, mm -hmm. who uh, basically follow their sinful desires, who are grumblers, malcontents, complainers, um, who are like Cain's inward focus, right? Em yeah. Envious, all that. I'm and like, maybe not physical killers. I mean, it's true. Yeah. Could, and Jesus said, if you that. hate your brother, you're a murderer yeah, in your could, heart. It could be like spiritual killers or like emotional killers, mental mm -hmm. killers in the sense that you're, you're angry at you know, somebody you're killing. Try, you try to kill somebody's reputation. You try to kill mm -hmm. somebody's emotions. Somebody, yeah. Like uh, words hurt. They killer, cut deep, you know? <laughs> Sometimes more than physical beating, like yeah. words can cut jealousy deep. too. I mean, because he mm -hmm. killed Abel, his mm -hmm. brother, being jealous that God accepted his sacrifice and not Cain's. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so. just I'm just thinking, like, if you're listening to this, and sometimes like me, it's like, man, do I fall into any of these categories? Yes. <laughs> and, and it's like you're thinking Judas talking to believers and saying, contend for the faith. It applies to everybody because <laughs> ungodly people have crept into the church. Yeah, and you're like, then he starts listing all these things of what the ungodly are. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Oh man, Lord, let me not be in that category. Yeah. Let me not be a part of this ungodly that have crept into the church. That is these wolves and sheep clothing. Like, let me not be one who is a grumbler, a malcontent, somebody who pursues unnatural desire or, or uh, indulges in sexual morality. Who's like Cain who, and then it says afterwards in the way of Cain who abandoned themselves for the sake of gain. Yeah. Birthright. Yeah. Or no, um, Wrong person, but um, for the sake of gain, what too. What was his name? Uh, oh, uh, just Esau. like Esau, too. Yeah. Uh, to Balaam's error and perished in Kor's rebellion. So Balaam, 
Do you guys remember Balaam and the Balaam's donkey type of deal, prophet, right? Who's mm -hmm. like saying, do I, you know, do I curse Israel, bless it, you know, all that stuff. What, what was his error? So because it seemed like when you read the story, he was following God in the fact that he didn't curse Israel, even though the king of Moab wanted him to curse Israel. Yeah. King of Moab was like, hey, prophet, curse Israel. I'll and pay you. <laughs> I'll pay you if you curse Israel. And he's like, nah, nah I'm going to curse Israel because the Lord says, don't do it. <laughs> and I'm going to say, bless them. And the king of Moab's like, you blessed them when I said curse them? <laughs> and, uh, and so then you think, well, what was Balaam's error then? And so if you keep going, though, he gives away the, the secret of their downfall. Because he tells mm -hmm. the king, he's like, well, here's the thing. If you really want them to fall, you know, I've already blessed them. I can't curse them. If you really want the children of Israel to fall, let me see if I can find it here in Numbers. Um, let me scroll down. Oh, oh, you can find it. Oh, I had the reference right here. Let me. Uh, okay. God is not man that he should lie to his son. So we got that part, right? And then obviously Balak, who's the king of Moab, who's angry, right? I summoned you to curse my enemies, but you have blessed them these three times. Now leave it <laughs> once and to go home, right? And uh, you're fired. <laughs> you're fired as a prophet, right? <laughs> And so he told so he told Balak, so ba this is Balaam's error. He told Balak how to defeat Israel, bring in women who would entice the men sexually, mm. thus bring the wrath of God upon them. Right? It seems well, it's, yeah. It's all you got all we need is born women, I guess. Yeah. And so Numbers 25 1, it says, while it was staying in Chittim, the men began to indulge in sexual immorality with Moab, Moabite women who invited them to the sacrifices to their gods. The people ate and bowed down before gods, and the Lord's anger burned against them. So Balaam's error was promoting this... Um, oh, Wi-Fi. Is Wi-Fi working for you guys? Okay. Oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Let's seem like the Wi-Fi cut out for a second. So Balaam's problem was... Even though he blessed Israel and he was, you know, the prophet, whatever, he said, hey, Moab, Moabite king, you really want to make Israel down, you know, their, their demise or downfall? Invite foreign women, entice them, and have them lust after them, you know, entice them. And, uh, and they will fall because if the people of Israel indulge in sexual morality and worship other gods, well, they're toast. The anger will come upon them. This goes just exactly where Achilles' heel for another historical reference. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I mean, it references what we were just talking about, yeah. Too, because if you indulge in sexual morality, just like the angels who indulge, just like Sodom and Gomorrah who indulge, and now the children, the people of Israel, this is bare. So it's not just it's like a fast pass to screwing everything up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so don't indulge in sexual morality. Be faithful, and then you young men who and women who are single, be faithful to God, because this is again, this is the Achilles' heel. This was a, a spiral down the wrong path, right? And so it's a common theme. It just anytime someone you can be involved in it seems like pretty much anything else and you can recover from it. But once you get go down that path, it seems like it just screws everything up. Well, like Paul says, uh, you know, sexual morality is different because not only you're sinning, but you sin against your own body, mm -hmm. which is different. Right. Yeah. And so, we're, you know, there's forgiveness with that. There's redemption with that. But then there's, there's also emotions too, like the connection with the person. Mm -hmm. And so like the biggest thing with the women um, for the Israelites and everything. Mm -hmm. And they talk about, you know, don't marry females, women from these other tribes, these other countries. It's not, they, they will entice yeah. you to God. Yeah. It's not a racist thing. 
know, don't think that it's had to do with you know their mm-hmm. you know believing in other foreign gods and mm-hmm. and you know, of course it's not an ethnic thing either because if you wanted to become Israelite no matter what background one you were you could if you're a man yeah. you just had to be circumcised and you'd be assimilated in the twelve tribes yeah and then if you're a woman yeah I mean you just have to come under the god Yahweh so you yeah. have to renounce your foreign gods and come under you know mm-hmm. again so I mean in that case it was an either or. Yeah, it wasn't a both hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, that's funny. So, yeah, don't indulge in sexual morality. This is it's not it's not good for you. But in Balaam's era, Balaam didn't indulge in sexual morality. What was Balaam's era? He caused others to stumble. He yeah. he he's like, hey, enticed women to come and cause other men, to, you know, these men of Israel to stumble. Mm-hmm. So it's like, hey, if you're if you're a godly man. If you're a godly woman, don't cause other people to fall. Yeah. Like even if you're not indulging in sexual morality or any of that, it's like don't don't let people that you know don't you know yeah don't get lead them into temptation. Yeah. Right. Say hey, don't go to that party. It's gonna be bad. Yeah. Or like if you know this happens with friends that are trying to get at each other. Like they have a friend trying to like cause another friend to stumble or like cheat on their girlfriend or what you know. Or it even happens in the church where you know someone will be you know going around and spreading rumors about leadership or mm-hmm. someone else just in the congregation and it just causes division and issues and you know exactly don't be that. you know the cause of trouble either. Yeah. It could also mean that too. If you cause if you cause somebody to stumble in some way, then it falls under that classification. So. Yeah. Which leads into Kor's rebellion. It says, for the sake of gain to Balaam's error and perished in Kor's rebellion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I do have the story of Kor's rebellion right here. Okay. Um, so, Perfect segue. In right. <laughs> so did you have a particular scripture um, uh, or, a partic- or a verse that you want me to start at? No, I mean, just, just kind of the, the end result of it. You okay. know, we can paraphrase why he was, uh, you know, or as you're looking at that, I'll just paraphrase that. Korah was rising up against Moses. He was saying, hey, your leadership. Kind of like the church example I gave. Exactly. I said, yeah, perfect segue. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like you're you're challenging the authority and saying, hey, you shouldn't be king. Like Absalom, it's like, oh, David's weak. He shouldn't yeah. be king. Yeah. Uh, you know, you challenge leadership and saying that, you know, I really should be a leader, you know. Yeah. And so. So, um, let me see here. So, I'll, I'll start at verse 16. Um And Moses said to Korah, be present, you and all your company, before the Lord, you and they, and Aaron tomorrow. And let every one of you take his censer and put incense on it. And every one of you bring before the Lord his censer. 250 censers. You also and Aaron each his censer. That's a lot of censers. (laughs) (laughs) So every man took his censer and put fire in them and laid incense on them and stood at the entrance of the tent of meeting with Moses and Aaron. Then Korah assembled all the congregation against them at the entrance of the tent of meeting. And the glory of the Lord appeared to all the congregation. And the Lord spoke to Moses and to Aaron, saying, Separate yourselves from among this congregation, that I may consume them in a moment. And they fell on their faces and said, O God, the God of spirits of all flesh, flesh, shall one man sin, and will you be angry with all the congregation? And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Say to the congregation, Get away from the dwelling of Korah, Dathan, and Abram. 
verse 25. Then Moses rose and went to Dothan and Abram, and the elders of Israel followed him. And he spoke to the congregation, saying, Depart, please, from the tents of these wicked men, and touch nothing of theirs, lest you be swept away with all their sins. So they got away from the dwelling of Korah, Dathan, and Abram. <clears throat> and Dothan and Abram came out and stood at the door of their tents, together with their wives, their sons, and their little ones. And Moses said, Hereby you shall know that the Lord has sent me to do all these works, and that it has not been of my own accord. If these men die as all men die, or if they are visited by the fate of all mankind, then the Lord has not sent me. But if the Lord creates something new, and the ground opens its mouth and swallows them up with all the belongings to them, and Prophecy. they go down, yeah, and they go down alive into Sheol, then you shall know that these men have despised the Lord. And as soon as he had finished speaking all these words, the ground under them split apart. Earthquake. Earth, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up with their households and all the people who belonged to Korah and all their gods. Wow. So they and all that belonged to them went down alive into Sheol and the earth closed over them and they perished from the midst of the assembly. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, and that's number, number 16 <laughs> for those who wanted to follow along there. That's number 16 if you want to look at the story. So basically, yeah, guy challenging Moses' leadership, mm -hmm. sinning, right, and saying, leading a rebellion. So this is mm. Korah's rebellion yeah. against Moses, right? This is not a good time right, yeah. to do that. <laughs> uh, such a delicate time uh, right. right after the exit, you know, the exit yeah. is too. Um, and leading people, you know, out to the, the desert and everything. And it's like, yeah, earthquake. Lord had, he said, nope, not, not dealing with it. Just <laughs> not today. <laughs> sucking it all, you know, all the people in and earthquake and they die. And so these are part of the ungodly. The ungodly yeah. are those who indulge in sexual morality, who cause others to stumble, who cause rebellion and division in the church. And he even says that here. It's like, in the last time there'll be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. It is these who cause divisions, worldly people devoid of the spirit. So, you know who those who are causing division in the church are? These are people that are scoffers that make fun. Have you ever heard of, you know, people that make fun of pastor sermons or, or, or points or other people in the church? Oh, they're kind of weird, you know, or that, mm -hmm. or it's like, ha, huh, you know. And, and it's so sad because I've, I've known people that will make fun of things that are in sermon or that have said things. Um, and it's like, don't be a scoffer. Don't be sitting in the seat of mockers mocking those, right? Uh, it's these people who cause divisions, right? Mockers, scoffers, people following their own ungodly passions, worldly people devoid of the spirit. They don't have the spirit of God. Mm -hmm. Those who cause divisions, those who are following their own sinful desires. Um, yeah, but and then in contrast, but you, beloved, again, don't fall into that court category. <laughs> Be part yeah. of the people that he, Jude's talking to. Contend for the faith, right? building yourselves up in the most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that that's straightforward there. Like, Yeah, that's pretty cut and dry. <laughs> wow. Anything, anything to say on that? Anything dissecting, you know? As, as far as like what you're saying with the, uh, as far as the whole core thing and like that, I mean, growing up and growing up, not just a Christian, but as a pastor's, kid but say so you have more experience in that arena with me yeah. you know just with <laughs> yeah I've, I've, I've been on I've, I've i've seen it happen i've been on the receiving end of it where it's you know i can tell even without the scripture reference i could tell you the people that do that don't have the spirit of god on. 
it's I mean, it just doesn't make any sense sometimes. Like people mm-hmm. just make up stuff and they do it intentionally just because they feel like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they'll accuse not just the pastor, but leader different leadership and mm-hmm. things like that just because they feel like it. I mean, they'll uh sometimes it's because they don't they just want to challenge their authority just for the heck of it. Mm-hmm. Or they feel like they're better qualified to do a job or, or sometimes or sometimes as far as they think they feel like they're better than the pastor mm-hmm. and sometimes it's something as small as an elder or a greeter or so it can it, it goes all to whatever kind of mm-hmm. position you got so pray for your pastors yes they, they deal with a lot so maybe it's, threats maybe divisions maybe people yeah people. it's a lot of stuff but i mean it's yeah don't fall into that category <laughs> it's, it's not good so but mm-hmm. I've, I've had a lot of experience in that area so don't be one who causes divisions. Don't be worldly. Don't be in it for your own ungodly passions. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, this that all these descriptions pretty much covers everybody. Someone's at least, <laughs> you know, we've. I'm sure we've done mm-hmm. something in that list too. So yeah, it's. I mean, it, co- it covers everybody. So I mean, as far as you know, he says uh, they've crept into the church and everything. It's not that. Um, you can't be part of the church or you can't be a Christian if you've done those things in the past, if you've been saved and mm-hmm. you've stopped doing those things. Yeah, that's the then point. Fine. So if, Redemption. You, yeah. if you're still doing those things, then you're the one he's talking about that's crept in and mm-hmm. are trying to cause problems. So repent and don't be don't be the wolf, be the sheep. Yeah. Yeah. Like you exactly. Don't be a malcontent, a grumbler, a complainer, sexual immoral, ungodly, the, right. the one who causes division. Don't be that kind of person. Right. <laughs> if you know those type of people. Pray for them. Yeah. Um, and, and again, pray for your pastors, all that. I guess we're coming to the end here. Um, after that, it says, um, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of the Lord, yada, yada, yada. And have mercy on those who doubt. I love that. Yeah. Because people doubt. To go back to the love thing, you know, the, mm-hmm. the woke side of Christianity talks about love, 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 love everybody. Mm-hmm. And that's true. I mean, at least you, that's the good thing about, again, that side of Christianity, yeah. like woke. They will say, hey, have mercy on those who doubt. Yeah. Love your neighbor. Love those. Love the poor. So yeah. that's, that part's important. They take mm-hmm. it a little too far, but that part's important because mm-hmm. of verses like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people will know you by your love mm-hmm. and they'll know that's how you're different and why you're different. And that'll be your physical testimony. Like the quote of mm-hmm. preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. Yeah. And some people, and again, bashing kind of, maybe this isn't a conservative Christian thing, or just, this is something that some I've heard and people have a tendency you shouldn't doubt. You should never doubt. You know, yeah. and it's like you're. Yeah. You know, are you even saved? And you know, yeah. just casting more doubt, right? <laughs> yeah. All that, and it's like, I love how Jude literally has to go out of his way at this time in the early church and say, "Don't condemn those who doubt. Yeah, have mercy on those who doubt." Mm-hmm. It's like people who are doubting their faith, doubting God, not trusting in Him, doing all this. It's like, hey, have mercy on them. Yeah, and then it says, "Have mercy on those doubts. Save others by snatching them out of the fire, out of that judgment, out of the, out of hell, right? Mm-hmm. Out of the fire. To others, show mercy with fear. Why mercy with fear? Show with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. And James talks about this too. His brother, right? So, which is interesting <laughs> if you look at the book of James. Yeah, like." Notice if I have a big stain on this shirt, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want this to be stained. I kind of ruined that. But like, if I'm around somebody who has a bunch of stains, mm-hmm. I might get stained, right? True. But 
I shouldn't avoid helping other people. So it's like, it's that weird tension between him. It's like, Hey, you need to snatch other people out of the bad environment, out of hell, out of judgment, Mm -hmm. have mercy on them. Don't be like a holier than thou monk. Let's separate ourselves from the world. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like let's, we, you know, no touch, no unholy thing. It's like, and then there's the woke Christian where it's like, no, let's dive in and, you know, eat with tax coach and senator. But it's like, then they indulge in the same yeah. ungodly Let's go things. Party with them. Let's go party with them to so <laughs> that we can influence them to become Christians. Like, no, you don't sin with them. Yeah. But then you don't avoid them. Like, oh no, you're close. I'm, but <laughs> I guess this goes back to the whole conservative Christianity and woke Christianity. It's like you're not sinning with them and partying with them, but you're not. Oh, I'm a holier than thou. Don't touch yeah. me. Like, separate. I don't, was... I don't associate with you. I don't talk to you. Yeah. It's like, think of Jesus, yeah. Yeah, when he was hanging out with the sinners and tax collectors and stuff, he wasn't being a sinner and a tax collector. Exactly, exactly. He was being Jesus. He's, so, so it's like snatching those out of the fire to others show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained of us. It's like, I, I'm rescuing you out of the situation, but I'm not touching that. Like, I'm not, I'm not getting stained with you. I'm not, like, I'm not getting stained from sinning. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not indulging in that same sin as you, but I am... With showing mercy that sin yeah. to to reach this life, so it's not like a oh don't touch me holy now, and it's not I'm parting with you and I'm getting stained all over the place, rolling in the mud, you know. Like SpongeBob quote for everything: Don't touch me, I'm sterile. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, <laughs> but you know it's like serious moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, exactly. Don't pull others out of sin, but don't indulge in the same sin. Yeah. So there's a fine line. Exactly, and I think Jude. Touch that perfect. It's like, hey, you're rescuing, you're showing mercy on people who are in sin. You're like, you're loving them. Mm-hmm. You're showing mercy to those who doubt their faith. Mm-hmm. And, but yet you're not indulging in the same sin. You're rescuing them out of that sin and doubt to, yeah. be, to be in your place. Now, one thing you could do, like we said partying, so we'll go with that example. Mm-hmm. You have friends that you're trying to witness to. You're trying to save. You're a Christian. They know it. They're not Christian. They are thinking about it, maybe, and they're not sure, but you can see there's progress being made, but they're still mm-hmm. doing whatever, drinking, partying, that kind of thing, still that kind of, you know, whatever. You don't have to go party with them and drink with them and indulge in the Unless same you thing. literally go and pull them out like this. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm you, snatching you out of the fire. Now, you could offer, like, <laughs> you know, if you get drunk, call me, I'll give you a ride. You know, you could... Uh, hey, man, just... You, you don't just, you don't want to drop them off at the party. You know, <laughs> but it's that. like, if you, you know, if, if something happens, you know, give me a call, I'll help you out, you know, I'll come pick yeah, you up. Like, I don't want you to hurt yourself. You know, that kind, you can offer like that, but, I mean, you don't want to, because mm-hmm. if you're doing it, you're encouraging it, so... yeah. So there's that line there. It's like you, you're sna- we're snatching people out of sin, yeah. but we're not engaging in the sin. If you know them well enough, then you could actually follow them in there and grab them and pull them out. But <laughs> literally, say like, this is hell. This is fire. Take, pulling you out of it. Turn it's like, around. hey man. <laughs> All right. Well, and then the last little bit here. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy to the only God, our Savior. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time. Before time itself. Before all time. Yeah. And now and forever. Amen. Man. You can almost read that again. That's just so good. That's a good closing. Yeah. Can I read yours? 
Oh yeah, I'll read it again. <laughs> yeah, just, just, I mean, this is a good way to end it too. Just to you guys, and again, this is a shorter episode. Usually, we go about two hours, but we'll yeah. probably end just before an hour thirty. When I was telling my brother about it, I was like, "Well, we're trying, we're thinking about we'll keep it short this week." And he's like, "The end for fifteen hours or fifteen minutes, you guys will be done in about forty-five. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. we're aiming for thirty. We're at an hour or hour twenty. So I said anywhere from thirty to an hour, and yeah. we're we're an hour. We'll probably finish okay. an hour it's to fun. an hour thirty. Yeah, yeah. It's our first time doing it together. So I mean, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. It's you know whatever happens happens, but yeah, blessings so, yeah. to you guys and thank you for watching and so I guess the, the words of Jude. So with the formal conclusion, <clears throat> now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, to the only God our Savior through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, now and forever. Amen. 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 I love that. That is great. Um. Yeah, if you, if you guys have questions, um, you know, save them for the Q&A. We'll probably do another Q&A episode after we get through all of this Jude Apocrypha stuff. I know, like, yeah, there's a lot of questions. There's going to be a lot of questions after that one. <laughs> yeah, you know, Old Testament, why are certain books included in the Bible and why are some not? Mm-hmm. Maybe we're tackling those questions. Yeah. And uh, we'll have a couple one-off episodes. We'll talk about politics and, mm-hmm. again, other controversial things that we just – are not shying away from them, no. Yeah. And that's the point of biblical brainstorm. Yeah. You know, if we happen to get canceled one day, I mean, <laughs> then maybe we're on to something. Or, you know, <laughs> but the point is, we just want to take the word of God. Mm-hmm. We want to just present that and yeah. brainstorm and not, again, we don't want to hide people from their Bibles. We're, yeah. All, anything controversial, anything that's hard to understand, anything that's difficult. There's no forbidden to, book to reconcile. for us. There's no forbidden <laughs> book for us. I mean, we literally talked about the book of Enoch today. Yeah. I mean, just, um, yeah, I mean, th- this is, this is our mission. This yeah. is, you know, nothing, no stern stone unturned. Right. So blessings to you guys. Any, any last words of anything? Or? Uh, just, uh, as a heads up for next week, you know, like you said, we're keeping it chill low key. I'll be on vacation next week. I know you were on vacation this, this week. week yeah. So that's why we were able to, you know, kind of do a chill thing this week. So mm-hmm. next week, uh, I'll be gone. Um, going on a Disney vacation with my family. So, hey, hey. uh, be doing an exclusive interview, not from Jacksonville or Gainesville, or I say interview, exclusive episode, not oh, yeah. from you know anywhere we've done it before. I'll be doing an exclusive stream from Cinderella Castle and Magic Kingdom, <laughs> so that's pretty cool. But yeah. uh, so keep an eye out for that'd that. Be that'll cool. be that'll be Monday. Uh, I'm not sure time. It's just kind of a play it by ear thing. So just keep an eye out. Mm-hmm. Probably in the afternoon around lunchtime, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, so I'll be, you know, I'll be hopping on on Monday uh, to just do a Facebook Live with you guys and kind of, you know, just talk a little bit. Probably, mm-hmm. hopefully, it's actually fifteen minutes. But, yeah, I mean, uh, we so it's kind next, of a brief thing. This weird episode is a little different, and next episode will, uh, will be definitely more different. We might do either two separate streams, or we might still be on the yeah, same one. Still figuring it out. Uh, I know today was on a Monday, which usually we do a Tuesday. The reason we can do it tomorrow is because I'll be flying back at that same time tomorrow back to Texas. So I can't be yeah. on the, oh, Hey, I'm on the plane. <laughs> God bless Texas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so next week will be just as weird, if not weirder, because we might be on separate streams or same or two, we'll just put out two different videos, but we'll cover, yeah. the, you know, end of June to be more encouraging word for you guys. Yeah. And then after that, we'll get back into the thick of things. Oh, yeah. Back to normal. Smacking you in the face. Normal episodes <laughs> straight with the old Testament apocrypha. Why are certain books included in the Bible? Why are some not? Mm-hmm. And yeah, we'll just tackle it from there. So it'll be fun. Uh, Looking yeah. forward to it. So and then that's all I got. And then a second Q and A, which will come up in in the weeks after that. Yeah, which I'm sure you guys will 
yeah, have questions. <laughs> That's good stuff. Yeah. Right. I was a little sad. No one cared about our personal lives. They only wanted to learn about the Bible. I mean, uh, <laughs> oh, for the last Q and A, yeah. yeah, you can ask us any question you want on our Q and As. They just want to learn important questions about salvation and what they believe. It yeah. wasn't like, "How's your day going?" or anything. You know, it's it was pretty sad. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's fine. If you, yeah, well, bring your questions ready for our Q and A at some point in the future. But again, God bless, and just like Jude says, you know. Waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy unite. Yep. Uh, one episode. Yep. One, <laughs> maybe, hopefully not only episode together, but that is, that is it. All right. Well, see you guys later. Love you guys. Yep. And see you next week.